the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1800gambler or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1877770stop for Louisiana 1800270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 18778hopeny or text hopeny for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. FTR, FTR, FTR. These are my guys. They freaking rule. I mean, these are kind of everyone's guys, right? I feel like the controversy is over about the fact of like, are they or aren't they the best tag team? I mean, I guess if we're talking all time, people are going to want to have a conversation because that's what we love to do. But these guys are crushing it. Uh, really cool to talk about, like, staying the course, staying true to the thing that they want to do. They don't have to listen to the naysayers, to the people trying to, to change their style, to change what they're doing. They have stayed the course, and I feel like it's paying off. Um, and dividends for these guys. They're, um, they're crushing the game. I hope that you guys listen to my individual podcast with both Dax and Cash. Honestly, I'm not just saying this because they happen to also be the guests on this episode together, but those solo episodes were hands down some of my favorite episodes that I've done on the show. And, you know, as you like, you gotta get in like the weeds of doing a podcast when you're like, who's the guest? Who are we booking? What are we doing? Uh, what, you know, there's so many things to think about all the time in terms of doing that. But sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like wrestling doubt or I'm talked out or whatever, that it was so nice to have both of these guys come on and like completely drop their guard and really show a different side of themselves and like just being human beings. Um, and it really reminded me why I started this show, why I wanted to do this show. And these are like prime examples of the conversations that I really wanted to have on this show when I, the entire concept of the show even, um, you know, was just a little seedling. So if you've not listened to the episodes with Dax Harwood and with Cash Wheeler, you should really go listen to them because they both have such cool, unique stories. But that's why I wanted to separate them. I wanted to do individual interviews with them each rather than just do an interview with FTR. And I'm lucky that I know these guys. So it was nice to be able to be like, let me get you first. Let me get you second. And now let's do like the combo 
of FTR. Now let's do like the tag team wrestling episode. Um, so that's what this is. We finally got to circle back and like really get to talk to these guys. Oh, it's very funny because, you know, obviously we talk a bunch of tag team wrestling. We talk their careers. We talk them staying the course of being that best tag team in the world. But we recorded it like just as, I mean, if you're listening to this when it came out, which is Tuesday, on Wednesday on Dynamite, they are having a singles match, Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood um, in the, the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament on Dynamite. So really, really a cool time. And I can't wait to see this matchup. Um, it's going to be really special. Also, I'm just going to say this here because sometimes I say it at the very end of the podcast, but I feel like people probably turn it off at the end, like once the interview's over, because that's what I normally do when I listen to podcasts. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, could you be a doll and rate it? Maybe leave a review. That would be really, really cool. Um, that uh, that would really mean a lot to me. We we put in a ton of work on this show, and I love doing this show. So having those ratings, um, they're important, apparently. So do it if you feel like it. If you feel so compelled, I would appreciate it. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. This is FTR. So obviously I'm super excited to have you guys back to have you on together. But can we just have like one quick moment to talk about like your guys solo interviews and how much they changed my goddamn life. They were great interviews. Oh my gosh. I've watched the Dax one like two times at least now. Man, like that one, that was hard for me to get through. Like just because I'm a big emotional baby these days. Like I'm going, I don't know. I just get emotional thinking about all these things and I can see like, how bad it was for him and how much he's had to fight to get through it. Oh God, it's beautiful dude though. You know what I find really crazy is like knowing you guys and, you know, being able to spend time together, but like really getting into like that other level of like knowing a person. I just like after both of your guys interviews, I just thought about you guys for like a week after the interview. I was just like, wonder what they're like doing right now. Like I just thought about you guys so much. So thank you for that. You know, I was just telling my story and I didn't think anything of it. You know, I didn't think like, oh, I'm breaking barriers or, you know, or, or going to change any lives. I just wanted to tell you my story. And, um, you know, man, all the uh, feedback from it and the people that uh, would that, like, I got so many texts from people that were that worked with us or are working with us. I got so many tweets about how that helped them understand they're not alone. Um, and that's that was the best thing ever. So thank you. Yeah, I was the same. I mean, I just like blown up on like Twitter, Instagram, like from people that we actually know uh, in real life to like, uh, I mean, not that that's not real life, but you know what I mean? Um, you know, friends, coworkers, whatnot of, uh, of people that, that could really relate to that. So anyways, it's just, it's really cool to be able to have conversations like that. And I appreciate you guys having been so like open and honest and like really peeled back that layer. And now I get to have you guys back on and now we just get to do like some FTR. Like now we get to have some fun, have a little hangout, talk a little shit. Last time I apparently talked shit, I got in a lot of trouble from the internet fans, the Shawn Michaels fans. So let's be careful. Wow. People really get up in arms, huh? Dude, I didn't even say anything bad about the guy. You know, I just told the I truth. Know. I told the story. And like, I, I, you know, you and I were talking the next, I don't know, maybe three or four days later. And I, I was getting texts from 
random numbers and uh, like fake numbers. They were threatening me or say, calling me a crybaby and things like that. It was so crazy, but I never said a bad thing about him. All I said was this thing happened and I hope we can reconcile. That was it. And man, I got in a lot of shit for that. It's crazy how opinionated somebody gets over your experiences. Like giving a personal account of how something happened can get so much anger and hatred from somebody in response that has no other relationship to the situation other than they read your account of it. I guess it just kind of boils down to people's fandom of anybody. And if you're a huge fan of somebody, and obviously Shawn Michaels has such a massive fan base, he was the wrestler for so many people. So if people feel like maybe that uh, isn't shown in the light in which they imagine that the situation could have been, or maybe it's, you know, the wrong side of the story or whatever. Yeah, it's it's really crazy how people can like kind of attach themselves to things like that. Have you, well, I mean, I guess you guys will be in conversations like that. I mean, damn, looking at what, you know, you guys go to bat for tag team wrestling all the time of being the best tag team in the world. You guys must get it both on like both sides a lot, right? If people that are massive fans or people that are like, no, you guys aren't like, what is that experience like for you guys? I don't mean this as a pat on the back for us, but I think we are probably the most polarizing tag team in the world because there are either people that love us and love our style and, and, and get us and understand us, you know, or you don't. And that's okay either way. I feel like now more people are starting to come around, which is awesome, because I think we've opened up to them and we're allowing them to, to come in and, and, and enjoy us. But for so long, it was either you're on, the, you're on the side of they're slow and boring or you're on the side of they're intense and they make the most out of what they do. And there was no real in-between. There's one that says, oh, they're all right. It was one of the two. Like that said, we're, we're very polarizing, I feel like, as a team. And it's because we're very outspoken and we're very passionate about it. And we're not shy about how we feel. It's twofold for us, I feel like, because we also take great pride in doing our jobs really well. So when we're the bad guys, I don't care to rub people the wrong way on social media. I don't care to be the asshole. I don't care for any of that. Like the more I get people to dislike me and have less redeeming qualities, the better I'm doing my job. And the more I can blur the lines nowadays between what's real and what isn't because the curtain's been pulled back so much. I like when people aren't sure. So I take a lot of pride in that. So for one, we're doing our job and we're trying to do it to the best of our abilities. But two, we're also just very real about what we are and what we feel. And I think now we stuck by our message for so long, what we wanted to do, what our vision for tag team wrestling was. We wanted to spearhead that. Like we're kind of getting to paint that picture now and people are seeing it come together with the things we've been doing with the Young Bucks match and the Ring of Honor match with the Briscoes and the Triple A stuff and wrestling rock and roll and like setting up matches that for us are things that we want to check off. These are buzzwordy. These are things that are getting some attention, even if it's just because fans didn't realize that it was going to be possible. And now we get to make those things possible. And so for those, I think that's why it's so rewarding for us. But we do get a lot of like either people love us or people hate us. And like you said, people are coming around more now because we've been more open and we're being, you know, a little less open to rubbing people the wrong way. We're not as divisive as we used to be because we don't we don't want to shut that away anymore we don't want to shut that off and try to stop it like i encourage it now because it's fun and like it's real and it just kind of happened and i think a lot of it happened with your podcast like people got to see us open up and be vulnerable real human beings with the things that we deal with on a daily basis 
So I think that was a huge part of it. When you guys are sort of towing that line and you do let people behind the curtain and just wrestling in general of having people behind the curtain so much more, how hard is that for you guys to tow the line between what's real and what's not and what you let people in on versus like just being a, you know, a dick on social media because that's what the character is doing. Like, how is that? So I think there are so many guys now in wrestling that think they're great heels. And when you consciously think, oh, I'm a great heel, no, you're not. They're playing the part. The fans are playing the part. Today in wrestling, to be a successful bad guy, um, you have to do more than just say, oh, this town is full of fat asses. It's now about the work in the ring, too. And a lot of the heels today, and I sound so old and bitter when I say that. I don't, I don't mean that. But a lot of the heels today don't, don't grasp that because in today's world of instant gratification, it's easy for a performer or a wrestler or whatever you want to call us to go out there and hit these beautiful moves and to, to get the reaction. But for us, and this is what made us polarizing, I think, was we worked so hard as the bad guys to make our baby faces look better than they could ever look. So we would sacrifice all of our quote unquote cool stuff to make sure they looked good because the more the people love the baby faces, they're not going to hate wrestlers, but the more we can make them love our baby faces, subconsciously, they will boo us because they want that good guy to win so bad. You've got to be confident in your abilities and understand as a bad guy, you got to take some stuff out and make sure your baby face looks way better than you do. And I think that's what we excel at as bad guys. And I think people slowly, just recently, have started to understand that. And that's why they started to respect us. And now we've opened up and allowed them to come in. And now we're the biggest baby faces in the world. This is what I've always found really fascinating with pro wrestling is the psychology side of things. You can't just be like, oh, this is how it works. It does take years and years. And for whether it's talent feeling that way or fans feeling that way, um, there's just so much to learn and so many things to know and to feel and all of those things. How long do you think it usually takes for someone to like fully get a good grasp on the psychology side of pro wrestling? I would say like... You're never going to stop learning different psychology things and like ways to interact with the crowd or to maximize things or to learn when to slow down and when not to slow down. And I would say at least a decade until you even get comfortable enough to where like you have that it's a, it's, it's second thought now, like it's, I mean, it's second nature. Like you don't have to think about it as much. So that part comes easier. Like for me now, I don't have to think about movements as much when I'm in there because they just come a little more natural. So I can think more about, why I need to do something or when I need to do something or I can listen a little bit more. And it took me a long time to get to that point. And I, I would say, I can't really put it in years, but I can say you put it in experience match wise. You just need to wrestle a lot of matches in front of a lot of different crowds, good crowds, bad crowds, good matches, bad matches. And I say it all the time. I learn more in the bad matches or in front of the bad crowds because it forces me to like really dissect what went wrong or what didn't work. It sounds so cliche, but it's reps. And you just have to get those reps over and over and over. And you got to listen to them. You can't ignore it either. Like so many, they think they have an understanding of it. So they, they stop trying to learn and listen. And they just go through the motions of what they think works. And they never change that up. They become hell-bent on this formula. And they can never be talked out of certain things. They're just, they can't be told anything because they're always right. And that's when you know you're wrong. If you're telling Jerry Lynn, no, you're wrong, more than likely than not, he's not the one that's wrong. 
to add on to what Cash said, like it's not just a time. You can't put a, a time on it. It comes down to the talent too. And when the talent becomes open to understanding, God dang, again, we sound old, but it's, it's really not about the moves. It's about the emotion, like pulling the emotion from the fans. My wife can say that she has no idea about wrestling. But as a fan, she knows, or you know, whoever knows what happiness and sadness and frustration. They know those emotions. And so when the wrestler decides, okay, I've got to sacrifice my moves for the emotion, for the feeling. And when they decide to structure their matches around those emotions, that's when you become a professional. And that's when you get the psychology part down. Regal helped me get over to England right after me and Dax had our match to help get him signed. And I, I, I was set up to go to England for like a three or four month tour for Brian Dixon. I've told Regal this before numerous times, but that for me was a moment where I really started to understand psychology more. And it started to click for me more because of the reps I was getting. And because when you're over there, you're doing shows for him at least five nights a week, minimum. You just get so many reps and it's in front of mostly family crowds. So it's a lot of children. And that's the, the purest form of emotion. Like kids don't try to suppress it like adults do. Like they haven't been told not to scream and yell. Like, so like they're reacting to everything. And you learn to listen to that and harness that. And like, okay, they're, they're going nuts for this. How do, I, how do I incorporate that this time? Or how do I use that more? It's like that for me was a moment where I was like, okay, light bulb. And it was England getting the reps and getting like those crowds where I could listen to them and learn. Hey guys, if you're here listening to the sessions, thank you, hello, hi, and you love some combat sports, well, be sure to check out Boxing with Chris Mannix. It's every Friday as he talks with the biggest names in boxing, UFC, and yes, even the occasional wrestling superstar. Chris is one of the most passionate and influential voices in the sport, and he's here every week to help you get smarter on all things boxing. He'll also help you win some money on FanDuel with his weekly betting segment where he breaks down the best bets for all the big fights. Download Boxing with Chris Mannix only here on the Volume Podcast Network. I guess still sort of on the note of psychology. Holy shit, you guys are having a singles match this week. Like, I can't wrap my head around this emotionally, mentally, this is a lot, I think, for a lot of people to handle. How are you guys feeling about this? Dax and I always hold ourselves to a very high standard. And because we do that, because we sound that trumpet so much, like the fans expect us to deliver too. Because if, we, if we're going to build it up, we got to be able to hold up our end of the bargain. We really wanted this and we wanted to have this match for a while. And we didn't want to just force it to where it wasn't going to make sense. Because I've, I've been saying, like I said, like we'll never... I do a breakup angle. I don't want to ever not be a tag team with Dax. And like, I would rather retire than even think about it. So we wanted to have this match just because I want to test myself. Like I want to be better. I want to learn. And I think Dax is the best wrestler on planet earth. And I think he has been for a long time. And I love seeing him get the recognition that he's getting now. I want to just for myself, I want to step up and I want to work with him. And I want to like raise my game because that's what we should do. We should all strive to be better. And I don't want to do a lot of single stuff, but there's certain things like this that we've talked about for years. And when we had this opportunity, we're like, we have, this is the only time it makes sense. It's the perfect setting. We get to pay tribute to Owen and pay respects to Owen, which is huge for us. And we get to have this match that we've dreamed of, but we didn't want to force because the team means more than anything to us. So if it doesn't make sense, like we'll, we'll have 
a training match in a warehouse in front of nobody and we'll give it everything we have and we'll wrestle an hour draw and that'll be the time we work each other. But we had this opportunity instead and I'm very thankful that we do. You know, we talked about my anxiety last time I was on with you and a lot of that stemmed from uh, trying way too hard with everything and trying to be the perfect wrestler. I, I found out perfection was what was causing my anxiety. And so I would nonstop watch wrestling and nonstop have ideas. And it, and it really broke me down. It put me in a really dark place. I still love wrestling. I still watch it every single day, but I try not to uh, obsess over it so much uh, while I'm home. So honestly, for this match, like I have ideas, obviously. I have ideas and he does as well. Um, and we want to have the best match in the world. Um, we want to we have the best match of all time. But I'm trying not to obsess about the match because I know what will put me back in a dark place. I don't want to do that. I want to have fun in this match. And ever since I've pulled myself with God, with so much help from him, um, pulled myself out of that dark place, we've been having the best matches of our career. We've been having the most fun uh, of our career. And that's what I want to do with this one. I want to have the best match we can. I want to have fun. Uh, I know we're going to hit each other really, really, really hard. And I'm up for that. I'm sure he is too. But I'm trying not to think about it as much. Same. I've, I've never watched as much as Dax because he watches so much wrestling. It's almost inhuman. But like, I love to just like sit down and I'll, I'll watch one or two matches in a row a couple of times a day. And it's just, for me, it, it gets my brain rolling some. But if I watch too much, I think about just what I watched. And going into this match with him, I just had these ideas of moments. Just for me, I think would be great and beautiful and cool. Like, I don't think about the moves at all. Like, I don't know of any, like, actual move I want to hit. I don't know of any sequence that would be really cool and creative and look like the Matrix. I don't care about that. Like, I want to have just wrestling match where there's holds and there's exchanges and there's everything matters and everything can breathe and everything can be felt. And I know we have ideas. I know we're, like, we've had a few back and forth and we have some stuff that we have we'll probably write down. But for the most part, just like everything we've been doing, it's just we get there, we start talking, and things start flowing that way. And I think that really works best for me because if I have a preconceived notion of what I want to do before I even get there and before things start really rolling, it's always going to change. Like I, I learned that from the past. I'd have so many ideas and I'd get there, and then we'd start talking and nothing makes sense. And I'm like, don't need that, don't need that. So I'm just like, too much wasted time. I'm not going to keep wasting that time. And now I think I, I trust him because, like I said, he's the best in the world and he can do anything he wants when he puts his mind to it. I trust me because again, I know how good we are when we're in there. So I think it's just going to be one of those things where not a whole lot of preparation, like match wise, but just making sure my cardio is ready because I know we're going to run. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited for this as I'm sure everybody else is. Um, just like everybody was so damn excited to see you guys with the Briscoes. Holy crap. Where did this rank for you guys? What was that match like? What was the day like for you guys? What's it been like afterwards? Let's get into it. I told Dan after the match was over, I said, that's our Brett Austin. You know, I don't know if we'll ever have a better match than that one. And that's okay with me. I can, I can hang my hat on that. That's, I can hang my hat on that whole week, you know, them and the, and the Bucks match. But specifically that match, I can hang my proverbial wrestling hat on that match and say, this is what I do for a living. This is my legacy. And this is why we were the best tag team in the world. There were no moves. No one thought of any move we wanted to do. It was all built on intensity and emotion and winning. That's it. 
because we wanted to be the best tag team in the world. They wanted to be the best tag team. In the world. We thought we were the toughest bastards in the world. They thought they were the toughest. In the world. You know, so, so going into it, all we knew was emotion, intensity, and trying to win because everyone can relate to that. And that's how we just built our match because in your, in your workplace, you, you want to win every single day so you can keep your job. And that's just what we built the match around. And it just fucking was, was beautiful. I was on the, I, I didn't want to watch it for two or three days. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it on the elliptical. And I was in the gym and broke down in tears while I was watching it. That's how much I loved it. I had to sit and digest on it for a few days because I didn't know how I felt. Like I was so emotionally just drained, emotionally and physically drained and just wore out. I was like, okay, sit here for a day and a half and don't move. Just breathe, decompress, get back to being a human being. And once we did, I was so proud of what we were able to do with those guys because of how long and how unsure it all was building up to it. And the fact that we didn't know up until two weeks prior that it was going to happen. And we've never met them in person other than one time. And we've never wrestled them. So there's so many unknowns and so many variables going into it. So like when you finally get the, everything set and you're ready to go, like then you, you have to deliver. Like, so you've done all the other parts and it's it, that, that enough was stressful. Now it's time to deliver. And the day of for me, like it was stressful enough as it was because like that week was a very long week. I drove to Columbia like an idiot. I drove six hours to Columbia, did the Ask Boys match, drove back on Thursday. I got back late Thursday. I flew out to Dallas the day of the show. I got in late because my flight was delayed that morning. Pretty much went straight to the hotel, showered, and then went straight to the building. And nothing was talked about. Nothing was planned. We just we started putting everything and let it roll. And that's how it happened. That's how it came together. And once it was said and done, like I said, I had a couple of days to sit and look at it and really take it in. I said, yeah, that's the best we've ever done. And I'm very, like, I'm very proud of it because of how crazy it was and the pressure we put on ourselves to, to do it. And for people to say that we delivered or over-delivered, that just means we, we did what we wanted to do. And we can, like I said, hang our hat on that. For you guys to not have like the huge heads up. I mean, like you said, it was about two weeks to knowing that it was actually going to happen. How did it all come about how did everything fall into place for this to finally happen we were trying to figure out if it was going to happen when it would happen where it would happen for a while and then finally tony told us like hey working on something it's in the line it's, it's coming down the pipe if it works out we'll have an answer one way or the other and then it looked like things weren't going to happen like you know like we were told no so we had kind of written it off and like okay we're just you know we'll cool off for a little bit we'll figure something out we'll find a backup plan and then hopefully we can heat it back up to where it was that was really the hope and then like a week later we get the hey guys it's happening now <laughs> like everything's on so looking at this momentum and you know we've been talking you know at the beginning of this about this slow burn of you guys doing your thing staying the course being the best tag team uh there is that leads me to to rumblings that i've been seeing on the internet the WWE wants to re-sign you guys. Have you heard anything about that? Is there any truth to this? What do you guys know about that? I think we know about as much as everyone else does. Okay. But we, we left that place because they didn't put a focus on tag team wrestling. And we knew there was a ceiling sure. to where we could go um, in, in the company. And um, we wanted to do more. We wanted to be known as the greatest tag team of all time. And we had to leave there to do that. And we, and we knew that. So that's why we were so insistent 
on them giving us our, our releases. Uh, and now, you know, <laughs> I, I sent them a screenshot of all the the different, you know, news outlets or whatever saying they want to, they want to resign us. And that's flattering and it's cool. You know, we, we've got some more time, uh, but I told Tony, you know, cause obviously he heard about it. I told him that there's no way that we would ever talk contracts with anybody while we were working for him. Um, we have way too much respect for him and, and, you know, our word means something, you know, then I start thinking like, okay, do they want us or they, do they want AEW to not have us? You know, it's cool for Cody to do what he's done. But, you know, there's just so many unknowns there. Uh, will we ever focus on tag team wrestling like we've been able to the last two years? You know, me and money is not everything for us. Uh, I do have a family, so I have to take care of them. But it's not all about the money. It's about what we leave behind for wrestling, too. I was driving to the airport when he sent me the screenshot. And I was like, is this, like, legit? Is this a real thing? That's how I found out. Sitting here at the airport, getting ready to board the flight, I'm thinking about like how crazy this all is and how crazy this, like I said, this whole year has been. And then that was just one more thing where I'm like, how is this real? And I don't know what, how much has changed there as far as what we wanted tag team wrestling to be. And now, like I said, we're getting to show everybody what tag team wrestling can be and what we our vision of it is. And it's buzzed about right now. Tag teams are killing it everywhere, not just us. Like We are at the very top of that obviously but tag team wrestling in general is killing it right now and it's it's creating buzz and it's got some of the best tag teams we've had at the same time in the past couple of decades i would say just from everybody in new japan impact AEW, wwe mlw there's so many ridiculously talented teams and we're getting to kind of help put a focus on that and that's what we always wanted to do so i was blown away when i read it and it kind of like it makes you think about a bunch of different things. But right now, like I said, we're getting to paint what we see wrestling's tag team picture as, and I'm happier than I've been. I make more money than I've been. So I don't even want to think about anything other than that and making tag team wrestling and ourselves the best ever. I have two things that are very high on the list for me. We want to be the first ever two-time AEW tag team champions. Until then or after then, we want the, the IWGP tag team titles. And that's very, very important to us. And that's something we've wanted to do for a while. And we want to make sure that when we do it, we do it right. We haven't tried to do anything where we're going to waste it. Because when we do it, like I said, we want tag team wrestling to be talked about and buzzed about. And we think that can be something that's cool. But it's very high on my list right now to be two-time AEW tag champs and then add another star to the collection. So that being said, now knowing uh, AEW's relationship with New Japan, now having this super show, super card, the Forbidden Door, what do you guys want to do on that? If we do get the opportunity to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships, we'll be the only ones, uh, the only tag team in history to hold WWE, Sprawl, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, AAA, ROH, and IWGP. But if we do all that and we, and we hold all those titles, is there a debate anymore? You know, and I, and I say that humbly and as, as a real question. I don't say that as, oh, there's no debate. We are the greatest ever. But really, what's the debate now? You know, where are we at in the debate? You guys have also posted recently about taking select indie bookings. What is that going to look like for you guys in the future? How do you pick and choose what shows you want to do? Who is out there still that you guys want to get tangled up with? We got our opportunity to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express, which obviously was a bucket list thing for us. But we didn't want to just have a match with Rock and Roll Express. We wanted to give them their last great match. 
And that match is so fucking good, man. So obviously, you know, that was one. Uh, the American Wolves, uh, Davey Richards and uh, Eddie Edwards, uh, we have them in June in Beckley, West Virginia. They were considered at one time the greatest tag team of the world. So we get to test skills against each other there. And June the 13th, maybe, uh, in Massachusetts, Bret Hart is managing me and Cash against the sons of the four horsemen, Brock Anderson and, and Brian Pillman with Arn in their corner. Anything where we can kind of do a one-night-only thing for us, like check it off our bucket list and also help maybe get some tag team buzz going because it's something like the Wolves, like people might want to see that match. And it's stuff that we want to do because we want to work with the best, obviously, but we want to do things that also get eyes on tag team wrestling. So we kind of get to just pick and choose now, like, hey, who are some teams from the past that we weren't able to work with at a certain time frame because of companies and contracts and all these other or they, there was injuries and breakups and all this other stuff that now are possible. You guys are just living your best damn lives, huh? We had a talk a while ago where we said, well, let's just change our mentality and just have fun. Do the things that are fun to us, that matter to us, and we can just enjoy and stop stressing about all the other stuff. Control what we can control and make the most of that. And when we did that, I think it changed a lot. And now it's just kind of like, okay, it's working. So let's keep rolling with it. Let's do the things that are still fun for us. And people just happen to be having fun with that. Isn't it crazy when you can really change your mindset to that and like lose the stressful things and like just focus on the shit that makes you happy. And then shit just starts pouring in the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. It makes you feel stupid for resisting it for so long. It's easy to get lost in that still sometimes and get caught up and get frustrated, but like you have to just remind yourself like, God, D it. We're lucky. Like, like so lucky to get to do what we do. And like, like I said, now that we get to kind of just choose these cool side projects also that are really important for us and things that we can hopefully do to, and make history in the process, win-win. Like how do you argue that? Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada. My home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HO. Hope NY or text Hope NY for New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. 
I want to talk to you guys about the evolution of the Shatter Machine into the Big Rig, and for you guys to to change the name, obviously uh, paying tribute to to Brody Lee. What went into you know you guys changing the name to Big Rig for that? Shatter Machine was something that we came up with before we left WWE. We trademarked it, and one of the ways to get out of our contract was sign over all of our trademarks, and Shatter Machine was one of them. Uh, you know, Brody was a very good friend of mine and his family is very close to my family. And so I asked Dan what he thought about changing the name. And he said, hell yeah. And I said, okay, well, I want to ask Amanda and see if she's cool with it. Brought it to Amanda and she started crying and she said, absolutely. And uh, that's just where that came from. We want to pay tribute to him and remind people, you know, who he is for the rest of our careers. It fits perfect. I know as soon as you guys switched it over, it's like, oh, I, I love it. Um, and again, just adds adds more to like that legacy, to his legacy. One of those uh, beautiful things to be able to see come together in uh, in wrestling for you guys. Um, another thing that you guys love, Brett the Hitman Hart. Who loves Brett the most? <laughs> I love seeing like you and Punk going back and forth online. This has become like such a hot button topic. Who is Truly the biggest Bret Hart fan. Punk can say what he wants to say. He can say that he's the top Bret fan, but it's, it's going to be old Dax here. I wish I were downstairs in my bar uh, so I could show you my Bret Hart collection that I have on there. Wait, what's in the collection? What do you have? I've got like his uh, six foot stand up downstairs that has moved in every apartment and house me and Maria have been in. I got it in uh, 1995. My mom got it for me for Christmas. Uh, I have uh, these old school posters. I have drawings. I have all of his figures. And if I showed the world, they would just say, oh, my God, he is too obsessed. When your idols become your peers and for you guys to have this relationship with Brett, uh, for you guys to be able to reach out to him and talk to him, um, I'm sure obviously that is not lost on you. But what is the relationship with Brett? How often are you guys in contact with him? Are you going over matches with him? Uh, like, what's your relationship with Brett? I mean, he texted me right after Young Bucks match and said, uh, really enjoyed your match with the Young Bucks. First time I ever really got to watch them. Great pace, great action, brilliant timing. Kudos to all. Best tag team in the biz today. Brett, and he put a smiley face emoji with the glasses on. Brett texts him sometimes just to tell him, like, hey, I'll watch this or I'm looking forward to this. So it's, it's, a, it's a give and take. You know, so it's, it's, it's easy for fans and whoever, wrestlers too. It's easy for him to say that, oh, he's just this fanboy for Brett. But that's not the case, man. It's not just a fanboy thing. Fans don't know and wrestlers don't know things that I've went through. And a lot of times how Brett unintentionally helped me out. He's, he's a better human being than he is a professional wrestler. And... We are lucky to have grown up in the time that we grew up because there will never be a wrestler that is over the way Brett was over because he made you feel. He made you feel a certain way. If he can make me feel that way, then me and Cash, hopefully we can do 10% of that and make people feel that way too. With your relationship with Brett, though, and for you guys to be going in, I mean, we can end on this note about just talking about this singles match uh, again, just to circle back, but with this relationship with Brett and for you guys to have the singles match, obviously, you know, with the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, what does it mean for you guys to be able to go out there and, and represent uh, Owen Hart? Anxiety ridden, but also, you know, very, 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 very proud. And I hope we do the whole family proud. And I hope they can watch this match and they say, okay, that's 
what Owen would love. That's what, that's the kind of stuff that we enjoy. The whole family has meant so much to us. And, you know, obviously we patterned ourselves after them and, and, you know, uh, we've said it a million times, wrestling has saved both of our lives. And specifically for me, a lot of that comes from the Hart family. Uh, so being able to go out there with my best friend and wrestle a singles match in the Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament means the absolute world to me. And it's probably will be one of the top two uh, most important matches of my career. Personally, it's going to be like one of the most special nights of my career, just for something that I'll always hold close to me. And a large part of that, we get to, I get to have a singles match with Dax, but like this is just so crazy and it makes it so much more special because paying tribute to Owen is so long overdue, like a proper platform. And I think the Owen Foundation tournament is this proper platform finally to show like how much he meant to the business and how much like everybody respects what he gave. So like this isn't just a regular tournament by any means, especially for for me. It's my first singles match in AEW, first singles match against Dax. And it's the first time that Owen's legacy really gets to be honored and to be part of the, the inaugural tournament, like, even if it's a qualifier, just to go out there and pay our respects to him is, man, like I couldn't have, as a kid, wanting to like map out my dream career at this point, I couldn't have even thought of like the, the past little bit. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me again. I'm so glad that I got to have you guys both on together. You guys rule. Dude, we had, a, we had a, uh, an interview last night uh, with Lars Fredrickson, and we told him about our interview with you, and we just put you over the whole time and said she's the easiest. I kind of felt bad because we were on an interview with him, but we were like, she's the easiest person to talk to. She makes conversations just fly by. And- but his was one of my favorites too. And I, I tweeted that today. His like, that was like last night. I really enjoyed that one too. Like I feel like the ones we've been doing like lately, because we just trying to be as open and as real as possible. And we're also doing things that are fun and it's like, people are enjoying it. I think it's made all of these, like the ones we've done with you. I've loved the one I, we did with him last night. I, I've loved. So everything's just coming up FTR right now. I was just going to say that it's all coming up Millhouse. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I will. uh, I'll see you soon and uh, crush it on Wednesday. Big thank you to Cash and Dax for sitting down with me yet again, this time together. Can't wait to see them uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite. It's going to be cool. Who else should we have on the show? Who do you guys want to see? I know I've, I've put out some feelers to a couple other names. I've, I've got the requests sent out. So there's some that I really want to talk to. But who do you guys want to hear me talk to? Um, and outside of wrestling, it does not have to be wrestling. It can be a different sport. It can be, a, you know, another athlete. It can be a musician. It can be an actor. It can be a comedian. I feel like we can do whatever we want. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, the other episode that's dropping on Thursday this week is W. Morrissey, William Morrissey, Billy, that tall drink of water, hopped on a Zoom with me. So that episode's dropping Thursday. So set your alerts, set your alarms. We will see you then. You'll hear us then. Well, hey, maybe you're on YouTube. Well, if you're on YouTube, I guess you would be listening to this. Hmm. Anyways, bye bye. Bye.